Welcome to the Spouse Benefit Plan Podcast, where we help career military families make the most important decision before transition to keep or opt out of the Survivor Benefit Plan. I'm your host, Jen Amos, a Gold Star daughter, veteran spouse, and military families advocate. This show is intended to be educational and not to be taken as financial advice. To discuss your unique financial situation, reach out to our show sponsor, U.S. Vet Wealth at usvetwealth.com. Or check out our growing list of resources at our website, thespousebenefitplan.com. Now, let's get into the show. You're back. Glad to have you here. And I just want to take this time to say thank you again for listening. If you are really gaining a lot of value from the Spouse Benefit Plan podcast show, be sure to leave us a five star written review on Apple Podcast or Podchaser. Or if you would like, you can also leave me a LinkedIn recommendation on my LinkedIn profile. It would mean the world to me to hear you know, how the show has been really educating you about the survivor benefit plan and the military pension and everything that revolves around it, particularly the numbers you have written down from the last episode, your total retirement benefit and the present value, which we will continue to be talking about here in this upcoming episode. Lastly, I want to make sure we take this time to thank you for finding time in the craziness of military life to put you first. Congratulations, give yourself a pat on the back. And I hope that you truly learned a lot from the last episode. I hope that more importantly, what you learned is something that you can apply in regards to helping you make an informed and confident decision to keep or opt out of the survivor benefit plan. And of course, part of that is really having full knowledge of what the military pension is about. But yeah, I hope you learned a lot either way. I know I did. And now you've gone down the rabbit hole and there's no going back. As a recap, we took a detour from the survivor benefit plan from the last episode to talk about the most important thing it protects, which is your military pension. As I mentioned in the last episode, it was quite eye-opening to discover that career military service members and seasoned spouses didn't even know that they could opt out of the survivor benefit plan. It was important for my team and I to backtrack and actually talk about the one thing it really protects to help you make that informed decision as opposed to just, you know, choosing to keep the survivor benefit plan because it was the government recommendation amongst the long checklists you have to check off for military transition. So in the last episode, I shared the basics of what is the military pension? You know, what is it? When do you get it? Where does it even come from? I also took some time to educate you on how to calculate the estimated retired pay, which also got you to discover new financial terms, especially if it's your first time writing this down, the total retirement benefit, the present value, and an annuity, which is what the military pension is. Now, remember to have your results for the total retirement benefit and present value in front of you. These are your numbers right now in regards to your estimated retirement pay. 
I encourage you to get comfortable with these numbers, which is why I'll continue to bring them up. And as I bring them up more frequently, they will continue to make more sense to you as you listen to this show. And lastly, in the last episode, I shared a clever way, at least in my opinion, to respond to the next time someone says, thank you for your service. Have you used it yet? Have you responded to people? (laughs) Have you used my clever response lately? If you have used this clever response, which I'm not going to reveal again, you have to listen to the last episode to figure out what the response is. Let me know. I'm curious to know, you know, what was the situation when someone said, thank you for your service and how did you respond? And more importantly, how did they react to your response? Now, because the last episode was heavy with new terms, I want to reiterate a number of things in today's episode. So I am going to be redundant for the sake of being redundant, especially if this is the first time you have heard these financial terms like total retirement benefit, present value, and annuity. I'm also going to make some minor revisions because thanks to fleshing out all of my ideas with our team here at US Vet Wealth, they helped me continue to refine my wine vineyard analogy to help you better understand the military pension as an annuity. So I'll be diving more into that soon. And I'm going to dive into this wine analogy. I'm also going to give us a refresher of what is the difference between a military pension as an annuity versus a civilian investing in their own annuity. And as I continue on, I want you to think about this question amongst many questions that you're going to hear in this episode today. The first question to write down and contemplate on is, How important is it for my family and I to protect our military pension? And then today, later in this conversation, I'm going to introduce to you one of the benefits that gets introduced to you or at least gets brought up as you're about to transition called the Survivor Benefit Plan, which actually is the inspiration behind this show, The Spouse Benefit Plan. So I'll be diving into that. And then toward the end, I will give a teaser alert on what to expect for the next episode, as well as maybe introduce other government options other than the survivor benefit plan and, you know, how it all ties into protecting the military pension. But before I get ahead of myself, I want to invite you all to consider checking out U.S. Fed Wealth's free monthly live Zoom discussion, how to pre-fund your military retirement pay protection with a private spouse and family plan without paying for the survivor benefit plan. This is, like I mentioned, a free monthly live Zoom discussion, which is often an intimate group of people. We often have like three to five individuals attend this. Last time we had about two couples show up, I'd say like two and a half because a service member arrived by (laughs) themselves. So they were the fifth wheel to the other two couples. And you can actually visit our website, usvetwealth.com. That's U-S-V-E-T-W-E-A-L-T-H.com to be able to reserve your seat for this free monthly live Zoom discussion brought to you by the Spouse Benefit Plan's sponsor, U.S. Vet Wealth. Lastly, if you are feeling really restless, having listened to the spouse benefit plan and you're like, Jen, I just wish you can get to the point. (laughs) I wish you can get to the point and I wish you can tell me, you know, like, what is the bottom line here? What do I really need to understand in navigating my military retirement pay and making a decision about the survivor benefit plan? 
Well, I'm sure glad you asked because U.S. Vet Wealth now has a number of case studies for a couple of ranks. Right now we have E7, E8, E9, O5, and O6 ranks that where we specifically break down what it would mean for you to keep or opt out of the survivor benefit plan. And so we have that available on our website now. You could actually download these official white papers where actually this podcast is inspired by these white papers. But if you're looking to really get to the nitty gritty of this, the hard numbers, I highly recommend that you visit our company website, usvetwealth.com. That's U-S-V-E-T-W-E-A-L-T-H.com to get a copy of these white papers based on your rank. So once again, right now we currently have case studies for E7, retiring 20 years, E8, retiring 20 years, E9, retiring 25 years, E5, retiring at 20, or O6, retiring at 26 years. And so if that is for you, please visit our website. You can download these white papers for free. And we are now offering live case study classes that you can attend to get your questions answered as well as learn more about your options. So you're welcome. So go ahead and visit our website. Like I said, if you are done waiting on Jen to you know stop beating around the bush and get your questions answered. Now, in the meantime, if you're like, well, Jen, there's still actually a lot that I really need to understand. I really want to hunker down and understanding what this you know wine vineyard analogy you have, really understanding like how is the military pension and annuity How come I didn't know this firsthand? Like, I didn't realize this is more than just a retired monthly pay. Well, hey, just keep on listening and I got you. (laughs) All right. So moving on, I want to go ahead and take some time to reiterate again the winery analogy, mainly because I have talked extensively about this analogy with my team and they have helped me better refine how I should be you know, how I should be really explaining this to you, the listener, whether you are a service member or a seasoned spouse, it's my intent to make understanding the military pension very digestible for everyone. So the purpose of the last episode, once again, and again, I'm reiterating for the sake of reiterating, so that at the end of this, you become a master at explaining the military pension to you and your loved ones. The purpose of the last episode was to help you see that the military pension is more than a monthly retired pay. It's a monthly retired pay from an annuity that's funded by the military retirement fund, i.e. the government, i.e. taxpayer dollars. So remember what I said when someone says thank you for your service? You know how to respond? I hope you know how to respond. So in this conversation today, I am going to be going back and forth in referring to the service member as a veteran or a retiree. I might mention retiree a lot, mainly because the government sites refer to the retiree or the veteran as a retiree. So just know that if I say service member, veteran, retiree, I'm essentially talking about the same person. But I'm just going to go back and forth because like I said, I will be referencing straight from our government website. So you know how in the last episode I had said that the analogy to your annuity, your military pension, is a wine vineyard? Well, let me be quite honest with you. I'm not really a wine drinker. And my colleagues at US Vet Wealth made me aware that a wine vineyard is where the grapes are grown, but a winery is where the wine is made. And you think I would know that. But again, I'm not a wine drinker. If you want to laugh at me, by all means, I won't even know anyway because I can't hear you. But moving forward, I want to refer to your military pension as a winery. 
in which you receive a monthly barrel of wine, which is your monthly retired pay. And this is a number to worry about later, but just imagine that that monthly barrel of wine serves 100 cups of wine at a time. So every month you are allotted 100 cups of wine from this monthly barrel of wine. And you know, this is actually an arbitrary number, but we are going to use 100 cups of wine just for simplicity's sake, you know, for the sake of this winery analogy. So continuing on with this winery analogy, again, we're moving from wine vineyard to winery because Jen now knows the difference. Let's go ahead and review the numbers you written down in the last episode. So first and foremost, in calculating your estimated retired pay, you wrote down two big numbers. The first one is the biggest number of all, which is your total retirement benefit. And in the last episode, I have said the best way to describe your retirement benefit is what your winery could look like in a perfect post-military scenario. The second number that you wrote down is the present value. And the present value, just for the sake of simplicity, is what your winery actually looks like today, really what it's valued at today's dollars. So I'm going to be continuing to bring up these terms as we go on. So please make sure you have your numbers, the total retirement benefit, and your present value in front of you as you listen to this show. I also want to do a recap of what an annuity is, because if you are hearing what an annuity is for the first time, then there is so much that you have yet to know about your military pension. So as a recap, an annuity is a financial product that can be customized to give you lifetime guarantees. What does that mean? Well, the lifetime guarantee a retiree receives is that retired monthly pay. So that is the lifetime guarantee, the monthly retired pay, which is that monthly barrel of wine, which serves 100 cups of wine every single month. Now, remember, while most civilians have to have a lump sum of money to put into their annuity, and that lump sum right now, if they wanted to have your monthly barrel of wine, if they wanted to have your retired monthly pay, they have to have a lump sum of your present value, that number that you written down, that second number you written down, put into an annuity before they can receive that barrel of wine. Your annuity, on the other hand, doesn't require that you have a lump sum ahead of time because it is funded by taxpayer dollars because you put in your time into the service. So remember that joke? Thank you for your service. What do you say? Again, you got to listen to the last episode if you want to know the answer. Um, I also want to introduce a new term for you, and that is the word annuitization. Essentially, your monthly retired pay is what is described as an annuitization. Now you're probably wondering, okay, I just learned annuity. I'm now learning annuitization. What is that? Annuitization is a one-time process of taking your annuity account and turning it into regular payments, i.e. your monthly retired pay, that will last for the rest of your life. The annuitized payments continue regardless of how long you live, even if the total payments exceed the original account value. And of course, we'll continue to dissect what this means moving on. So what it's really saying is that rather than getting all of your winery all at once, you know, that total retirement benefit, that big, big number that you wrote down, an annuity helps you spread out your income in monthly payments, or of course, depending on how you set it up. And again, the government has already prepared this for you so that you can just enjoy the monthly barrel of wine 
the 100 cups of wine every single month instead of having to worry about the full annuity, which amounts to your total retirement benefit. All right. So now we are starting to continue to go down the rabbit hole. So are you tracking? (laughs) Remember that, of course, if you have any questions to your specific situation, you can reach out to our financial experts at usvetwealth.com. That's U-S-V-E-T-W-E-A-L-T-H.com. And we'll be more than happy to explain this in more detail, particular to your situation. All right, moving ahead, as we are beginning to go further and further down the rabbit hole, we also continue to get to the point of no return. So at this point, you know, as I mentioned in the last episode, you could easily be like, okay, good to know. Great to know that my military pension is an annuity and, you know, my monthly retired pay comes from a supposed winery, you know, thanks to the government, thanks to taxpayer dollars. And you could be done with this conversation and not have to care anymore. However, you made it this far, which tells me that you want to keep going down the rabbit hole. So let's continue. I want to elaborate more on your military pension versus civilians investing in their own annuity. And again, I want to remind you that I'm going to be repetitive for the sake of being repetitive, especially if this is your first time hearing any of this. I know for me, when I first heard about this, it was so much to grasp. I kid you not. I've had const- I've constantly had to keep talking to, you know, the financial experts at US Vet Wealth to really make this very very digestible and very simplified for anyone to understand. So I hope that I'm doing that for you so far. So let's talk about the difference between your military pension and civilians investing in their own annuity. And I have a point to this. So just know that I'm not repeating it just for the sake of repeating it. I do have a reason that's coming up here. In order for a civilian to be paid your monthly retired pay, i.e. your monthly barrel of wine, they have to have a lump sum of your present value today, right? You, on the other hand, do not have to have the lump sum of your present value today because you served for it, you earned it. Your monthly barrel of wine is gifted to you as a thank you for your service from a winery funded by the Military Retirement Fund. And the amount that you're getting for your monthly retired pay, your monthly barrel of wine, is based off of the total retirement benefit, not the present value of your estimated retired pay. And you're like, now you're probably thinking, wow. That's great news. My monthly barrel of wine, my monthly retired pay is based off of the total retirement benefit of my estimated retired pay. This is so much better than civilians who are only receiving my monthly pay, my monthly barrel of wine based off of my present value, which, as you know, is a smaller number than the total retirement benefit. Now, that's great news if you choose to stop there. If not, let me continue. Now that you understand that your military pension is more than a monthly retired pay, you understand that it's a monthly barrel of wine from a winery that you receive for the rest of the retiree's life. So now if you're saying, Jen, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. Now what? Keep going, Jen. Keep going. All right, all right, all right. I'm going to keep going because you keep asking and you keep listening. So thank you for listening. I want to now go beyond the great news and talk about the implications. I hate to break it to you, but because you kept listening and because you kept asking and because you kept insisting, here's what you need to know about your winery. Even if that monthly barrel of wine is yours, the winery isn't. Let me say that again. 
even if that monthly barrel of wine that you have served 20 years for is yours, the winery isn't. You don't own the winery the way that civilians do. Your monthly barrel of wine is delivered to you from a government-owned winery. Let me repeat that one more time. Even if that monthly barrel of wine, the monthly retired pay, is yours, the winery, the total retirement benefit, isn't. You don't own that big number that you wrote down, that first big number that you wrote down. You don't own it because it's owned by the government. You are essentially receiving that monthly barrel of wine from a government-owned winery. Now you're like, okay, so what if I don't own my winery? Hey, that's a great question. So what? So what if I don't own my winery? What if the government owns my winery? Let me answer by asking you a couple of questions. Are you content with a monthly barrel of wine? If you could have more than a monthly barrel of wine, would you? Because you can. What if you wanted access to the whole winery? And most importantly, what if you needed access to the whole winery? And so now I'm going to ask you an even more introspective question. And this is more for you, not for me. You don't need to answer this to me. This is more about for you to think about. Do you really want to continue to be government dependent or financially independent in your post-military life? More specifically, when I say financial independent, would you like to have more financial flexibility, more financial options with that monthly retired pay? Now, again, I know that financial independence is an overused word in the financial industry. It often implies that you have financial freedom as though you have to be extremely wealthy to have financial independence. So let me be more specific. When I say financial independence, let me ask you this question because I'm asking you a lot of questions right now. These are a lot of questions that I do encourage you to rewind and re-listen to and really reflect on, especially because you've made it this far. So here's my one of many, many other questions. Wouldn't you want to have more options and access to your money in post-military life other than that retired monthly pay? Now, I don't condone this, but what I'm really trying to say is, what if you wanted more than 100 cups of wine each month? More importantly, what if you needed more than 100 cups of wine each month? I mean, again, I don't condone this, but I imagine that you have your reasons. To know if the answer is yes or no to any of these questions, we must first uncover what it means to receive your monthly barrel of wine, again, your monthly retired pay, from a government-owned winery. All right, so what I want you to do now before we continue on is to take a deep breath, exhale, and get ready. We're about to enter morbid talk territory. And don't worry, as a Gold Star family member, a veteran spouse, and a military family's advocate, I want to reassure you that I will be with you every step of the way. For this next part, we're going to play out the most likely scenarios of what it means to receive your monthly barrel of wine, again, your monthly retired pay, from a government-owned winery. I'm going to start with the best case scenario, because who doesn't like to start with good news? All right, you ready? Here we go. The best case scenario for the government-owned winery to pay the retiree for a lifetime with that monthly barrel of wine is that 
the retiree receives the military pension, i.e. the monthly barrel of wine, for a lifetime. And that's it. That is the number one best case scenario. There's literally nothing else to say about that. But I'll say it again, just to make this explanation sound longer. In the best case scenario, the retiree will reap the total retirement benefit, that big number you wrote down. They will enjoy the full satisfaction of this government-owned winery delivering a monthly barrel of wine for a lifetime. The end. This concludes our story and our podcast. Thanks for listening. Was that too sudden? Are you feeling incomplete? Well, if you are, your instincts are right. Because this is not the end of the story, my friend. Let us continue. (sighs) Oh gosh, okay, here we go. In the midst of military transition, it's very, very easy to romanticize the value of this guaranteed monthly barrel of wine from a government-owned winery for the lifetime of the retiree. But if you're thinking that this is too good to be true, then your thought is correct. What you'll learn from here on out may be really difficult to unlearn. And what you may learn might upset you. It might make you feel uncomfortable, insulted, uneasy, deceived. And if you do feel any of these negative emotions, I will completely understand. And I will even understand if you need to take a break from this episode if you need a pause or even just stop listening and say, you know what? Ignorance is bliss. Let me just enjoy my 100 cups of wine a month until whatever. Like, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to go any further than this. Or you might be saying, yeah, let's just cross that bridge when we get there. But you're here and you're still listening. So I got to continue to put on a show for you. I do want to lovingly warn you now that there's no going back from here. And However you feel as you continue to listen, please know that I understand and I won't take it personally because I've prepared early on to grasp how impactful this truth bomb might be a lot to handle. I will willingly walk through these trenches with you because I care about you. I care about you as a career military service member. I care about you as a seasoned spouse. I care about you as a couple. I care about your kids. I wouldn't put myself in this situation with you if I didn't want you to know how important it is for you to protect your well-deserved military pension, your well-deserved winery. With that said, let's continue with the next scenario, the not-so-good news that you're already thinking about. What if the retiree passes away? Inhale and exhale. Now, remember, if we are strictly talking about the military pension alone, your total retirement benefit, without any intention to protect it, your total retirement benefit simply disappears. Poof. Meaning, access to that monthly barrel of wine from the government-owned winery dies with the retiree. Now, if the retiree had no dependents, no documented dependents, well, great, no problem. But how many career military service members do you know 
retire without any documented dependents, without any documented eligible dependents. I also imagine that you wouldn't be listening to this if you didn't have any eligible dependents to begin with, or you yourself are an eligible dependent. All right, let me lighten this up for a little bit and say, well, guess what? There's good news. Yep, good news. So relax. (laughs) The full basic survivor benefit plan for the spouse and children is automatic. So what does this mean? Should anything happen to the retiree, the survivor benefit plan will automatically kick in. And even if for whatever reason, you didn't want this automated option, and I'm quoting this straight from the government website, you may not reduce or decline spouse coverage without your spouse's written consent. So there you have it. An automatic way to protect the spouse and the children, and it's up to the spouse to reduce or decline the coverage if they wanted to do that. So awesome, right? The government's got your back. Or does it? You be the judge. Now what I would like for us to do is take that winery analogy, not the wine vineyard. Remember, I switched it to winery because winery makes the wine and wine vineyards make the grapes. So I learned. I'm not a wine drinker. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, let's take our wine analogy to better dissect what the government website has to say about the survivor benefit plan in relation to our favorite number, the total retirement benefit, i.e. what your winery could look like based on your estimated retired pay. As I mentioned, I am actually going to be pulling this straight from the government website under the Survivor Benefit Plan Overview, which can be found at militarypay.defense.gov. I will provide the direct link to the Survivor Benefit Plan Overview in the show notes for your convenience. All right. I'm going to be reading it line for line, and I will be giving you my interpretation of this based on our wine analogy. All right, here we go. Line one, military retired pay stops upon the death of the retiree. Interpretation, this means that should the veteran pass away, the government-owned winery, remember, um, your total retirement benefit, stops sending your monthly barrel of wine and that total retirement benefit disappears. Poof, gone. Next line. The survivor benefit plan allows a retiree to ensure after death a continuous lifetime annuity for their dependents. The annuity, which is based on a percentage of retired pay, is called the survivor benefit plan and is paid to an eligible beneficiary. It pays your eligible survivors an inflation-adjusted monthly income. Interpretation. With the survivor benefit plan, the spouse is insured a percentage of the veteran's retired pay. This means that the spouse will receive a percentage, hint, it's not 100%, so it's not the full pension, of the monthly barrel of wine moving forward. Now, do you want to guess what that percentage is? We'll keep listening. Next line. A military retiree pays premiums of SBP coverage, so SBP is short for survivor benefit plan, upon retiring. Premiums are paid from gross retired pay, so they don't continue as income. This means less tax and less out-of-pocket costs for the SBP. The premiums are partially funded by the government, and the costs of operating the program are absorbed by the government. So the average premiums are well below the cost for a conventional insurance policy. Interpretation. 
The veteran pays premiums for the survivor benefit plan at the start of post-military life until they pass. So let's say that your monthly barrel of wine guarantees 100 cups of wine a month. So remember we mentioned this number early on. This is where this number, this arbitrary number is now relevant to understand this monthly retired pay, i.e. monthly barrel of wine. And in this case, let's just pretend that this monthly barrel of wine guarantees 100 cups of wine a month. Now, because you're paying for a premium, the government-owned winery takes out 6.5 cups of wine. So that's six and a half cups of wine before giving you the monthly barrel of wine. This means that in actuality, you're only receiving 93.5 cups of wine every month for the lifetime of the veteran. You know, now you're probably thinking 93 and a half cups of wine a month instead of 100 cups of wine. Well, guess what? It gets better. Next line. The maximum SBP annuity, remember the word annuity, which by the way, the survivor benefit plan is also an annuity. So we learned what annuity was early on. Now we're learning that the survivor benefit plan is also an annuity. So the maximum survivor benefit plan annuity for a spouse is based on 55% of the member's retired pay. Or in the case of a member who retires under redux, the retired pay the member would have received if under the high income retirement system. However, a smaller amount may be elected. Interpretation. Should the veteran pass away, and listen very closely, especially if you're a seasoned spouse, the monthly barrel of wine that was once guaranteed, not 100 cups of wine, we now realize it's only 93 and a half cups of wine, is now, should the veteran, the retiree pass away, is now reduced from 93 and a half cups of wine to 55 cups of wine for the lifetime of the spouse. Let that sink in for a minute. Should the veteran or the retiree pass away, the monthly barrel of wine that was once 100 cups of wine reduced to 93 and a half because of the premium is now reduced to 55 cups of wine for the lifetime of the spouse. Let me continue on. So next line, eligible children may also be SBP beneficiaries, either alone or added to spouse coverage. In the latter case, the children receives benefits only if the spouse dies or otherwise becomes ineligible to receive the annuity. Once again, the word annuity, understanding that the military pension and the survivor benefit plan are annuities. Continuing on, eligible children equally divide a benefit that is 55% of the member's elected base amount. Child coverage is relatively inexpensive because children get benefits only while they are considered eligible dependents. Interpretation. Now, should anything happen to the spouse, eligible children equally divide the 55 cups of wine amongst each other. So if you have three eligible children, you're looking at 18 cups of wine per child per month. Now, I know you're not going to give them wine, but you know what I mean. So something to think about if the spouse and the family was dependent on the service member's pension, again, that monthly barrel of wine that now equates to 93 and a half cups of wine a month because the premium takes out six and a half cups of wine, what would be the impact of only receiving 55% of the military pension, that is 55 cups of wine, for the spouse and the children. Can you imagine the impact of this? 
because I can. This is the family that I come from, my Gold Star family. I will spare you the details, but being raised by a widowed parent, by a widowed seasoned spouse with three kids under 11 years old, while being a foreign spouse, having English being her second language was not easy for our family after we lost my dad. Although I'm here to tell the tale of what life is like on the other side of death, you can trust that it was far from easy for me to get here. I will let you know with confidence, and not just from my personal experience, but from the conversations we've had with our clients at US Vet Wealth, and even the prospective clients that we've had to turn down because it was too late. It's a travesty to think that 55% of the military pension is good enough for you and your family should anything happen to the retiree. 55% is not good enough for you. And I hope you feel the same way. Now, in the upcoming episodes, we will be interviewing people who made an intentional decision to keep or opt out of the survivor benefit plan. So that way you don't have to take this all from my word. But be on the lookout for that in upcoming episodes. For now, if you want to learn more about the Survivor Benefit Plan, having this wealth of knowledge now and a better understanding with the winery analogy, feel free to go straight to the government website to read more about the Survivor Benefit Plan. I'll be sure to provide that in the show notes below so that you can continue to read more about the Survivor Benefit Plan. The last thing I want to share and highlight before it's too late is to quote the government website exactly like I have been doing this whole time and what they have to say about the survivor benefit plan. So here it is. Still, SPP alone is not a complete estate plan. I repeat, still, the word still is in there, still, still, the survivor benefit plan alone is not a complete estate plan. Other insurance and investments are important in meeting needs outside of the scope of the survivor benefit plan. So for example, the survivor benefit plan does not have a lump sum benefit that some survivors may need to meet immediate expenses upon a member's death. So remember how I said, you know, just a while ago about like, what if you needed access to your winery? Like what if you needed access to your total retirement benefit? Well, the government says it here. SBP does not have a lump sum benefit that some survivors, in actuality, I think all survivors, may not need or may need to meet immediate expenses under a member's death. Interpretation. The survivor benefit plan doesn't give you full access to your total retirement benefit, your government-owned winery, should you need it for immediate expenses. And of course, we'll unpack this more later. Let me continue reading. On the other hand, insurance and investments without this survivor benefit plan may be less than adequate. Even if they could duplicate the survivor benefit plan, investments may be volatile and rely on a degree of financial expertise many don't have. Consider everything carefully. Don't expect the survivor benefit plan to do it all, but give it full credit for what it does. Wow. Interpretation. I don't think that was really hard to interpret. <laughs> the fact that they said, don't expect. SBP to do it all. And just like what they said, even if you could duplicate the survivor benefit plan, investments may be volatile and rely on a degree of financial expertise many don't have. Well, guess what? You got our sponsor, US Vet Wealth, 
in which we specialize in financial services for career military families. For you, for you, the career military service member and the seasoned spouse. And so this show in particular is dedicated to help you consider everything carefully in regards to whether or not you should keep or opt out of the survivor benefit plan. Because if you don't make a decision, it's automatic. And based on everything we talked about today, I'm now wondering if you're thinking, is it worth it to have this survivor benefit plan automatically get set up for my military pension? I know I'm coming close to an hour, so I thought I would leave it here and give you some time to process all of this and go back to that original question that we had at the very beginning. How important is it for me and my family to protect our military pension? And I also have to say, should anything happen to the retiree, are you, the seasoned spouse, ready to only have 55% of that military pension? We're going to continue on our conversation with the survivor benefit plan in the next episode. This was just like two of the scenarios. We actually have a lot more scenarios ahead of us, but let's go ahead and take a breather, take this all in. And I just want to say thank you for making it this far. Of course, if you want to talk about your situation now, if you're kind of thinking, man, I need to talk to someone about this survivor benefit plan like right now. Remember, you can visit our website at usvetwealth.com. This is our show sponsor, usvetwealth.com. And we would love to hear from you and would love to have you speak with our financial experts to get you moving forward and helping you make a confident and informed decision about how you specifically want to protect your military pension. I'm Jen Amos. Thank you for listening today. And I'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Spouse Benefit Plan podcast, where we help career military families make the most important decision before transition to keep or opt out of the Survivor Benefit Plan. If you enjoyed today's show, kindly leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. You can also leave me, Jen Amos, a kind recommendation on my LinkedIn profile. Please remember to check out our growing list of resources at thespousebenefitplan.com. Once again, I'm your host, Jen Amos, and I'll chat with you in the next episode. Bye for now.